When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey. He's a very excitable guy. Sometimes... You know, he gets off the reservation a little bit. Judd Zolgad. I mean, he's like 200 years old. He's like the most negative dude in the world. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You know, there, there's no hiding that fact. You know, they're 7-2. and two, They're playing really good football. Uh, and they're a team that, you know, we'll, we'll have to deal with come New Year and come playoff time. So we have an opportunity to play at home. And uh, we have to take advantage of them coming here. They start the quarterback on Sunday. Case Keenum. Did his performance on Sunday, was that the deciding factor in sticking with him? That's part of it. I know you were frustrated a little bit with the late interception by Case. What do you and uh, Pat Schirmer specifically tell him or what have you told him regarding those interceptions? Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Any other questions? Okay. Good Don't stuff. do that. That's a, that's a really bad thing, Case. Uh, so here's what's going to be an interesting. Now that the quarterback um, situation not a controversy. Now that the quarterback situation, Phil Mackey, is resolved for Sunday's game, what's going to be very intriguing is this. You're playing a L.A. Rams team that leads the National Football League with 19 takeaways. They have 12 picks. They have recovered seven fumbles. They are giving up 18 points a game, fourth fewest in the National Football League. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they are, um, I looked this up this morning, I think they are tied for third in the league in uh, in takeaway ratio. The Vikings, for instance, I believe are 11th at a plus one. The Rams are a plus seven. This defense is going to give you, in the Rams, this defense is going to give you a, if you, th- if you think that Case is doing a really good job and, and as good as the offense has looked in recent weeks, if you're convinced that this is the right track to go down, you're going to find out on Sunday. Uh, yes, this is uh, the volume cranks up here. The temperature heats up on your schedule, and I don't think the Vikings should have to apologize for the seven and two record and the way they've compiled it. But the Cleveland Browns—it's kind of a gimme. Deshaun Kaiser is not really an NFL quarterback. You had Brett Hundley in place of Aaron Rodgers. You seemingly caught the New Orleans Saints before they really clicked defensively and figured things out. Ball, and Baltimore had Joe Flacco hurt, and they didn't look great. Yep. So this this will be a good test, not only just for you know keeping things stable here in the regular season and pushing forward to the playoffs, but it'll it'll give you an idea of, are you really for real? I think if the, the Vikings are for real as a playoff team, are they for real as a contending team that can get to the Super Bowl? This weekend's game is going to prove a lot. Another guy, too, that... Man, I don't know what the hell happened to him in the last year of Jeff Fisher's tenure as head coach with the Rams, but Todd Gurley was a disaster last year, and he's been one of the best players in the NFL again this year. 
So it's his third year. He went from explosive rookie of the year season, uh, over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Last year, he played in all 16 games. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry and didn't even get to 900 yards rushing. Now he's back to 750 yards rushing with seven games to go. Uh, He leads the NFL with seven rushing touchdowns. And here's the element to his game that maybe people didn't foresee coming a couple years ago, but it's just, it's, it's that Sean McVay offensive creativity. He has 35 receptions for over 400 yards. So he's on pace for like 60 plus receptions, maybe 700 plus receiving yards, 12 yards per clip on those receptions for Todd Gurley. Yes. So I don't, when he came in the league, it wasn't that he didn't catch passes. He caught some like, but one a game, maybe. He's this multifaceted. He could catch five passes on you, score a touchdown mm-hmm. in that regard, too. There are some instances in which your team uh, just gets old or it just begins to stink and it's it's just a natural decline. I think the Rams in 2016 might have been a victim of some of the worst coaching that we've seen in recent history. When you look at Gurley's decline in production, when you look at the fact that that defense was still really, really good, and that team looked that bad, Jeff Fisher, who, by the way, at one time I think was a very good coach, but when you put all of that together, and yes, they they had a quarterback conundrum. Goff was young. They didn't want to play him. I completely get that. But when you look at what this team has done now, and I I told told you this uh, on the show on... uh, Wednesday, the Sean McVay factor for every coach now who gets a job in the coming months, the, the McVay factor is going to be a complete pain in the butt, which is, hey, do what the Rams did. Yeah, it also, I think you're you're right. That's the thing. Like, you could point to those those revolutionary, you know, somebody will, or, uh, Sean Payton was kind of like that, where the hot coordinator, young guy gets a job and the team takes off. But for every one of those, there's... Five Brad Childresses, although you and I argue on that. Like the Brad Childress era of Vikings football had, I think, a lot of highs that we kind of disregard just because of the way it ended. Uh, but you're going to try and get that. All right, who's the thirty? Who's the next Josh McDaniels? Which was a disaster in Denver. They they started six and zero one year, and then that was it. Like it just it it, it took a nosedive after that. The Bears though are, are a prime example. The Chicago Bears are going to be convinced that they can go out and find someone who can do for Trubisky what McVeigh has done for Goff. That's the problem. The the Childress years are probably scoffed at to a large degree because he came here and the word was, or our thought was, he can work with quarterbacks. Look at McNabb. Look at what McNabb did in Philadelphia. Find find the new McNabb now. And he couldn't do it. The Bears will say, hey, we're giving you a top three draft pick. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, McVay came in and made Goff, in people's minds, a great QB, or a very good QB. Now the Bears are going to say, okay, the next guy that we hire should do do the same. Now the unfair thing about that is, in some cases, Trubisky, who knows, just might not be that good. We we don't know. But the, the expect, this league works like that. This league now will work on the premise of, if Sean McVay at 31 could do it, our guy should yeah, be able to do actually, it. Actually, when you see... The Tom Coughlins go by the wayside. They were under 500, missed the playoffs for three or four years, and then and then he parts ways with the Giants. And then like John Fox, the way that he's become antiquated, and Jeff Fisher, all these guys who were really successful 10 to 15 years ago. It, I think, illustrates just how much Bill Belichick and Andy Reid have been able to evolve. 
Um, like you see that you see the the times change in the NFL where okay, Bill Parcells with the Cowboys and Bill Parcells as the head of the Miami Dolphins. Like it, sorry man, it's just football's changed. Just it's not really working anymore. Not that there's not still value in what Bill Parcells says about football, but you see the coaches that were really really successful in the '80s, and then they kind of fade out in the '90s, and then new guys come in. And now you're seeing those guys who are really successful in the early 2000s, the the Jeff Fishers and the John Foxes, and the, it's just becoming obvious that, yeah, the game is kind of passing you by. But it it hasn't for Andy Reid. Most of those teams that Andy Reid has coached ended the Eagles run and and the Kansas City Chiefs, like they're 10, 11, 12-win teams. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick helps to find that Tom Brady, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, Reed, yeah, Reid is Reed's a weird one because – the playoff success has not been there, but when you consider, first of all, the amount of the amount of time that, that he stuck around in Philadelphia is off the charts. When you consider that market, I think he only had two losing seasons. That, but when you consider that franchise, that market, the pressure there, and he was there what eleven years? Mm-hmm. It 19, was absolutely well, crazy. Ninety-eight or nine? Yes. And was he was was he Donovan McNabb's first head coach? Yes, I believe because so, he was drafted in 1999. I believe, and you know what? He might have come in in '98. Childress, I think, came from Wisconsin in '99, and they drafted McNabb that year. It, you know what? He might have he might have been drafted McNabb after like one year, but nonetheless, to last as long as, as he has has lasted in two places is really impressive. It was 14 years in Philadelphia. Yeah, for, think about that though for Andy Reid. Yeah, Andy Reid is in the Marty Schottenheimer bin of you know decade plus for Andy Reid. It's been he's been a head coach now for 19 years, no championships. But Marty bounced he might be the best coach to never win a championship, right? I mean, because he went Browns, Kansas City, Browns, Chargers, and, yeah, Chiefs. Reid has been two places. Yeah, yep. I, I I actually I don't know why. And Andy Reid's not even. I think he's like 59 or 60. He's not even really that old. He might coach for another five or ten years if his health holds up. But I root for him to win a title because I really think. He's been one of the more underrated coaches. He gets such a bad rap the way he left Philadelphia. And, I mean, the second to last year in Philadelphia, um, I th- I think it was I can't, well, it was one of those years. He revived Michael Vick's career randomly. Mm-hmm. What he's been able to do with, you know, washed up Michael Vick and mediocre conservative Alex Smith. And even Donovan McNabb wasn't a great quarterback. He was more of a game manager quarterback who could run a little bit early in his career. Mm -hmm. And they were going to NFC Championship games. And if you were to ever give Andy Reid a real top five starting quarterback, he'd win Super Bowls. He is, without question, a Hall of Fame coach. Mm -hmm. He is, when when you consider his staying power, and I'm just, I don't care where you are. If you get a coaching job in this league and last 11 years, that's not the norm. When you get a coaching job and last 11 years in Philadelphia, where every year is a pressure cooker, I mean, those fans... Now 14 years. Or 14 years. Those fans are brutal. Those That fan base... Delusional would be another way it doesn't, to describe those Doug fans. Doug Peterson, after last year, his first year, was not in trouble, but they were talking about his job status going into this year. The guy was there one year... Yeah. And he's what eight and one this year. He was he was at least being talked about as is he the right fit? Yeah. So when you last fourteen years there, that's that's really yeah. impressive. Uh, let's get to a Winter Park here. Matthew Collar with an update. Maybe we could explore non quarterback things too. Uh, I think we should challenge ourselves before the week is over to go into now that Case Keenum is the starter. We can dive into some non quarterback things, and also we'll get an update on on quarterback gate. <laughs> 
from Matthew Collar, Winter Park, Purple Podcast is where you can find him. Uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota is right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And you can see on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com right now what the all-new 2018 Camry and RAV4 look like. Uh, I I love the new sleek exterior, uh, the way that they upgrade the exterior and interior. Every two to three years, you see some revolutionary stuff with these Camrys, these Corollas, the RAV4s. You can get into, on a lease, a brand-new Camry or a brand-new RAV4 for $199 a month on a 36-month lease. That's the best way to do it for my buck. I The last seven years, I've been a lease guy, and I just love the way that uh, these cars evolve over the two and three year cycles. So I recommend leasing, but you can get in, you can, you can trade in an old vehicle and you can use that money to uh, get into a lease or a financing plan. The holidays are approaching. So if you really want to knock someone's socks off get them a RAV4 or a Camry, a 2018 and uh, watch the smile on their face. Luther Brookdale, Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Now the team's live for the kickoff. Referee blows his whistle. Mackie and Judd now continue. And the game is on. On 1500. ESPN. Mackie and Judd, Vikings and Rams this weekend. Man, when you ranked the games of interest before the season, this is why you, like playing the schedule game is always it's always fun. We're going to keep doing it, but uh, if you were to rank the games of interest in order from one through sixteen before the year, Vikings Rams on that schedule would not have been anywhere near the top five. And now it's number one. Matthew Collar. I rolled my eyes at that game, boys. Yeah, it's a fun game though. We played the schedule game like nine times. No, but this Vikings season. Rams, you're like, Ugh. oh, I'll say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Let's start with the Rams, Matthew. What can you tell us about? The uh, probably the most surprising turnaround team in the NFL that the Vikings will face this weekend. I, I think I was surprised to see them get off to a hot start, but it's making more sense now after uh, we talked with their head coach, Sean McVay. I think uh, the fact that a 31-year-old guy has a head coaching job in the NFL is uh, pretty surprising. Uh, but after we talked to him yesterday, I sort of uh, started to understand that a little more. I mean, he was one of the, the people responsible for Washington's offense uh, last year being as, as good as it was, and a guy that just comes across as extremely innovative and smart, and they, they've also made a couple of huge moves, too. So they get rid of Jeff Fisher, a coach that was clearly holding them down, and then they sign Andrew Whitworth, who I think has a case as the NFL's most valuable player to his offense. Uh, I, I mean, just a, a major, major impact at left tackle. I mean, we've seen it here with Riley Reef and with them, I, I think it's even – a bigger impact with the Rams because Whitworth is one of the best players at his position and probably will end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. So what, what they've been able to do on offense because of their coach and this new left tackle and two new wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, the rookie that they drafted, Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, they, they've just completely revamped everything that they've done on offense. And it's funny, I mean, watching a little bit of Jared Goff, I don't think that he's had to be spectacular it's kind of like Kirk Cousins where, you know, you watch the guy play and you don't see amazing throws. There are no John Elway bullets, but yet here they are just gaining, uh, you know, eight and a half yards of pass and uh, golf is right up there in the league leaders in almost every category. So I think that's, they still have a good defense. They had a good defense last year, but that's where, the Rams have all of a sudden become uh, one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Yeah, Judd, we sat there in the spring when the Vikings were looking for free agent left tackles, and we were like, what is Andrew Whitworth doing? If you're going to leave Cincinnati, why, wouldn't, why would you go sign with a, a 
Yep. You know, like a word I can't say organization like the Rams. And now you're like, oh, that's okay, why. that's why. Yeah, he saw something. Yep. Why are yeah, you? I mean, he must have. Why are your Bills collar trying to, to help the Rams so much? What, what do the Bills get back? Is there financial compensation here? Why are the Bills trying or not trying? Why have they helped the Rams so much? Yeah, it, it's not only Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. It's also Mikel Roby Coleman, who's a good nickel corner. And uh, I talked about him as a possible target for the Vikings, but instead uh, Terrence Newman's done a really good job at that position. Uh, I really, as I guess would go for my most of my entire uh, life, I don't really know what the Bills are thinking or doing. Um, they decide to trade Marcel Darius, one of their best players, trade Sammy Watkins, one of their best players, and then trade for Kelvin Benjamin, who's like, kind of uh, Carolina's uh, rich man's Laquan Treadwell. So I I really don't uh, quite understand any of the moves that they've made, but I know that it's been a huge, huge uh, boon for the Rams. I mean, the thing that anybody who covered the Bills would know is Sammy Watkins is an unbelievably talented player who was hindered by bad offenses, bad quarterbacks, and a bad foot. And then when you look at his statistics this year, you're not blown away. And I, I think part of that is just that he can't be out there for every single play uh, because he's still a little bit hampered. And now you're also seeing that Robert Woods, when he came out of USC, was a huge prospect for a reason. And they're, they're, they're maximizing these players that were kind of held back by bad quarterback play and bad offenses in Buffalo. And now they're two of the most dangerous weapons in the NFL. And then you add the rookie Cooper Cup to that, and uh, they could throw it in a number of places. And also, not to mention, they have Todd Gurley, who's one of the best running backs in the NFL, uh, a huge beneficiary of a better offensive line this year. He leads the league in yards from scrimmage. So this team has just weapons all over the place. Is the Rams' uh, success caller, in your mind, is, is it more of a credit to McVay and what he's done uh, right coming in, or is it more of a discredit to Fisher and uh, and how behind the times he was a year ago? I think it's a combination. It's kind of like the Vikings where, you know, I mean, a, a major part of why Pat Shermer can do what he does is because they fixed the offensive line. Pat Shermer didn't get smarter in the offseason. He got players who could execute his offense. And I think that's been a big part of it for Sean McVay that, you know, when he was in Washington designing their offense, what are they known for? They've got weapons all over the place, a capable quarterback, and an amazing offensive line with a great left tackle. It sounds the same as what he has in Los Angeles. And, I mean, you just can't put a number on how much it means to have incredible offensive linemen like that. And that's going to be a huge challenge for the Vikings defense. I mean, this it doesn't shape up to be the type of game where you can win 17 to 13 or something like that. I mean, I think it's, it has much more of the feel of what they saw in Washington where you just know that, there's a lot of weapons here. It's a good offense. They spread things out, and they're going to score. You're just going to have to match that. Uh, Matthew Collar, Purple Podcast, and 1500ESPN.com. So uh, what we've been talking quarterback all week long here, now that Case Keenum is the starter, what are your favorite non-quarterback Vikings-related things right now, uh, like your favorite themes that don't involve Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater going into this Rams game? Mm, well, I mean, we asked Stefan Diggs about the Keenum and Bridgewater, and he never heard of it today. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, <laughs> of course, of course he hasn't. He was, he was totally unaware that there was any quarterback conversation going on outside the building. So uh, maybe we've been living in an alternative reality here. Uh, I think, for me, it's Vikings defense versus Rams offense. Um, I mean, that's the number one with Everson Griffin coming back. 
and he's playing the best football of his career versus this future Hall of Fame left tackle. I mean, can they correct some of the things that went wrong last week against a very similar uh, offense? And then, you know, I mean, everything has to come back to that, that quarterback conversation, right? If you're talking about the Vikings offense, uh, you know, can they, can they hold Aaron Donald down? I mean, Aaron Donald might be, if you're not talking about Tom Brady and quarterback, just put quarterbacks aside, Aaron Donald's the best player in the NFL. And watching a little bit of film of him so far this week, my goodness, I cannot remember a player so unstoppable in the middle. I mean, it's, it's like John Randall. It's like Warren Sapp. I mean, this guy just blows up guards. And if he's lining up over Nick Easton, I think that's a big, big issue. And uh, so the pass rush is going to be a major thing to watch in this game. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of great matchups across the board. I mean, we, we talk about a lot. I know Judd mentions this sometimes, how many bad games there are in the NFL, and he's right about that. This is, I mean, this matchup has all the makings of a great game. It's the ones that you wait for late in the season where you have two teams that are playing at the top of their game and, you know, for the most part, healthy too. So you're not saying, well, if they had this player, that player, then this would have happened. I mean, these are two mostly healthy teams that are playing great football. Donald, too, is uh, the, the latest example, guys, of this. Training camp overrated. I believe he set, set up the entire thing, and guess what? <laughs> yeah. Contract, he sat out, he was mad, he came in, and uh, shockingly, he's dominant. So just an, another sign that uh, that this whole thing of, well, you've got to get your time in training camp in uh, can be a little bit uh, a little bit much in an era where guys are essentially training all year long and have off-season camps, too. You know what he reminds me of is uh, there's only a couple players I've ever seen who are not blockable by, in any means. Like, uh, usually like outside linebackers like uh, Derek Thomas or, or someone like that or, or Lawrence Taylor. He's like that on the inside where it just doesn't matter what teams do, he's going to get through. And, and that will be fascinating to watch how Pat Schirmer decides to scheme against him because there are few defensive players. I mean, even when they played Gerald McCoy, it was like, okay, he's good and he's going to make a couple plays, but you know he's not someone that completely takes over games. I think Aaron Donald can do that. And you think about even last year when Case Keenum was the Rams' starting quarterback, they won a handful of games in part because they had uh, – great defenses and starting with this guy. So, I mean, he's not the only one. They have a good secondary. They've got fast linebackers, but I'm really excited to see him play because he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, Matthew Collar, how many wide receivers in the NFL can you say are definitively better than Adam Thielen? Man, there's only a couple that come to mind. I mean, Julio Jones, I think, is the best in the NFL, and it's probably a tie with Antonio Brown. And past that, it's getting harder and harder to make a case for too many other guys. And uh, Thielen is completely unstoppable. The, the one thing I, I think benefits he and Stefan Diggs is each other. And uh, it, we saw with Diggs back to 100% what kind of impact that had. Not that Thielen had done poorly in the games where uh, he was gone. He was good against Cleveland. He was okay against the Rams. But then all of a sudden, when you have both guys, they can't double them. You can't if you have a shutdown corner like the Vikings do with Xavier Rhodes. If another team has that, who do they put them on? Do they put them on Thielen or Diggs? And whoever they don't put them on, uh, you're going to take advantage. Uh, last week, Josh Norman didn't shadow either one of them, and the Vikings just took advantage, and, and they took advantage of Norman too. 
because these guys are just that good. So I, I think it's, it's very much always been a one and one a situation. And, uh, you know, it kind of fluctuates from week to week who the one and who the one a is, but the fact that they're both as good as they are at running routes, going deep, coming across the middle, going short, if they need to lining up in the slot. I mean, there was a, there was a play last week where they uh, sent Jarek McKinnon out to be a wide receiver, which kind of made Thielen a slot receiver and then he was lined up with a linebacker, ran a quick slant, got 38 yards. So they can do almost anything, both of them. And I, I think uh, that that's probably part of the reason why Thielen has risen uh, so quickly to where he is. But both of them are really spectacular receivers. Yeah, exactly. You can find more of Matthew Collar on 1500ESPN.com and also on the Purple Podcast several times per week. All right, go back to work. Go back to the film room. Bye, Collar. Oh, got so much football to do. See ya. Football. Go grind. Matthew Collar. Uh, he is he's the best in terms of just analyzing this team and uh you should check his workout, fifteen hundred ESPN.com. Adam Thielen, eighth in receptions and third in yardage among receivers. And that counts running backs too. I mean, mm-hmm. like they're not there's probably not many running backs who are gonna put up receiver like numbers, uh Le'Veon Bell, but he's top five yards, top ten receptions, and if you just look with the with the eye test. He just, oh, yeah, he's been great. He's no longer the oh little engine that could receiver. No, he's, he's a, a legit boss receiver. So your so your top two at that spot are a fifth round pick and a guy who who was undrafted, and your guy that you did draft in the first round last year can barely play. Yeah, and I can find you a receiver. I've been telling you that for years. Yep, for sure. And usually you'd need a star quarterback to elevate those guys, but I would say it's a star scheme and a star group effort if you combine Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. And all the throws and just their 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 combined performances. The Vikings quarterback position this year, sixty-six percent completions, two hundred fifty-five yards per game, fourteen touchdowns, five interceptions, and a ninety-six point eight passer rating. Jeez. And that's that's Case Keenum career backup and Sam Bradford, you know, always in wait and see. That mode. is Pat Shermer about to get a head coaching job. He'll get some interviews. He'll get some interviews. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw at us next? Very good ones. Specifically a basketball talker that was thrown out on Deadspin today. I want to get your thoughts on that, as well as how NBC will be presenting tonight's Thursday night football game. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. There's so many opinions. Every morning, people tune into you guys and get a good one. Mackey and Judd. Not a good one, just a great one and an honest one. And not just yelling back and forth. On 15 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, and David Harrigan here with some questions of significant importance. Thursday night football. We get another one tonight. Another gem. Titans Steelers, I think it is. Oh, goody. You know, the Titans are just... Have you ever, since the Titans came into existence, thought to yourself, even when they were playing in the Super Bowl, thought to yourself, God dang it, I am going to sit down with my popcorn and be glued to a Titans game, and it's going to be amazing. Like, Frankly, ever? that's how I feel about the Steelers the last few years, too. I'm very bored by Pittsburgh. I think really? they're always very overrated. 
But they've got some fun parts. They got uh, Antonio Brown. They do, and they've got Bell. He's a great running back. But I'm just I'm bored with the Steeler mystique. They're not going to win at all. They'll be a decent AFC team because the AFC kind of sucks. To answer your question, I think back in the McNair years, I might have been like that a little bit because I liked him. I liked wa- I liked watching him play, but it's been a long time. Well, the question I have: there may be reason to watch the game tonight. If you remember the fog game, Week Seven. Uh, it was Falcons and uh, Patriots. They, there was so much fog, they had to go away from the traditional cam and use the uh, the elevated sky cam mm-hmm. behind the quarterback. Well, they are going full sky cam tonight. It's going to be like you're playing Madden, only you're watching NFL football with sky cam on NBC. They're giving it the full game. So my question to you is, A, does it make you want to actually watch this game? B, do you think this might mean we stick with it perhaps on more broadcast down the line, and see if you could change the camera angle for another sport, what would it be? Uh, A, no, it does not make me desire to watch this game. B, this sounds to me, while I like this view, this sounds to me like uh, in the early 80s, the Jets played the Dolphins, NBC had, had the game, the announcerless game. So you just this got really different. It was no, but I'm saying I think it, it's the same type of thing where it's going to be around. It's going to be seen and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever. And I don't think that you can shoot an entire game from from Skycam and for it to be super successful. So I think it's going to be a one off experiment that much like the game with no announcers, people are like, OK, cool, that's done. And they'll go away from it. And um, the sport that I would change if I could would be hockey. I would, I would go. I think it'd be fun to watch a hockey game from what would be the football all twenty-two. So from higher up, and from an end possibly to watch plays develop the all twelve. The all twelve, basically. Oh, I like yes, that. I would go. I I like the idea. I'm much more intrigued by the idea of getting broader views of the ice or field to see things that, that we don't see now. Because cameras are pulled so tight. You know, I would change hockey too. I just wouldn't make it available yeah. on TV. Would you stop? Because it's it's coming it's back so to much ESPN. Better. Watch out. Is that official? I think it's going to. No, it's not. It's but I so think it's much better out. like in the arena. But so I kid. <laughs> I kid partially. It's not funny. I would uh second part to the question, I would I would change the NBA to to, to the same thing that the NFL is doing. I that's the way you kind of grow up playing video games. Unless you really grew up playing Tecmo Super Bowl, in which case you're used to the 700 yard long field that's only about you know 20 yards wide but if you grew up as a kid playing any video game sports video games in the 90s and if you play now if you're if you're current generation youngster you're watching the whole game from the point of view or from behind the quarterback or from half court looking at the basket so i think to cater to that younger audience you have to i'm not i agree with judd that you're not going to do the whole game like that but maybe instead of it being a replay tool maybe you know i th- i think if it's if it's there's certain situations where you want to see the goal line i want that side view if it's third and one from the goal line i'd like that side view to see if the ball got over but in general i think it's a much better viewing experience when you get to see the routes developing or in basketball you get to see like defense getting sucked in and oh my god like look how wide open that guy is in the corner you can't always see that from the half court view so i want so uh, question number one there was, yes, I will be more likely to watch a Titans Thursday night game because the camera angle is different, and I like that camera angle, and I think it should be much more a part of basketball and football broadcasts. 
Deadspin today had a fun, fun talker on the website. If I say the word boom shakalaka, Phil, what do you think? Uh, yeah, NBA Jam, baby. You're dang right you do. He's on fire. Yep. Great, two on great two spot. basketball, one of the great video games of all time. What if you took the NBA as it is currently and boiled it down to two on two? You take the two best teams from each team or two best players from each team, and put them up against each other, who would be the best? You'd have, what, Durant and Curry? They'd be a really That'd tough. Be number one, yeah. You'd got Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins. They'd be really good. The youngsters in Philly, uh, Simmons and Embiid, that would be pretty good. LeBron James and some used socks <laughs> as a teammate. That would be all right, too. Wolves, I assume you'd go Cat and Butler. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going Wiggins. Maybe you're going Cole Aldridge. I don't know. I'm not in your head. But tell me who your two wolves are and where you think they would fit among the NBA. So I put a lot of thought into this during the commercial break. I actually went through as many teams as I could. And I, so Towns Butler for sure. I know Butler's off to kind of a slow start offensively, but someone's got to play D. Yeah, but he, he can play some defense, perimeter defense, and, and they can both hit some shots. They're both pretty versatile. They can both get to the rim. They can both shoot from outside. The problem with NBA Jam is if you chose like – trying to think of an example you chose the big men you chose uh two guys who couldn't really shoot from outside or if you chose the orlando magic and it was just three point shooters you had scott skiles and nick anderson <laughs> and then you go into the paint and hakeem Olajuwon puts you on your ass if you're scott skiles so you got to have a little bit of a mix there so i think it ranks towns butler would rank behind durant curry current nba jam tandems mm-hmm but I think it's above DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, which would be a couple guys who could hit from outside, but maybe a little bit too Boogie. much duplication there. Just stands outside now. Although I guess uh, one of those guys could just back Butler down and score every time. So maybe I'm wrong there. LeBron and uh, like a potted plant Whomever. could could be a team. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Westbrook, Paul George is in there as well. And what about, these guys were on TV last night, what about like Joel Embiid and either Ben Simmons or or if you wanted, Joel Embiid and J.J. Redick would be a really good How about Joel Embiid last night? Yeah, he was insane. That's nuts. I think I would go Durant Curry number one. Joel Embiid, J.J. Redick for, the rest of the team needs to be filled out there with the Sixers, but, but for an NBA Jam two-on-two contest, that would be really fun. I would put them in the top three, and then maybe like uh, Le- the LeBron James and whoever wants to play with him. And Towns Butler is probably in the top five. Probably in the top five. Three, four. Yeah, I would say so. So Durant Curry, Westbrook George, uh, Chris Paul, and Harden would be up there. Uh, James would probably be paired with Love right now. And James is well, still. James and, and Isaiah James, at some point. And James if is Isaiah still James. Comes okay. Back. And, James and, and Wade. Don't no. forget. Wall and Beal in Washington as well. That's pretty sure, good. Sure. I would put Towns and Butler right behind that entire group. So I if, so if that's if the group I just read is the top five, I would say Towns and Butler fit into the next pot of like five five combos. So yeah. I'd say six on down. Uh, what about uh, what about Rubio and Derek Favors? No, I was <laughs> I was told I was told by somebody last night who would know. That the Utah people are very upset, that they feel very misled, that Ricky Rubio is not capable of doing more than what he's doing. Misled by their own scouts. Yes, exactly. Watched basketball. I know. That's what. That's what we were talking Penworthy? about. Penworthy. 
That's what we were talking about. What did they think they were they think, trading for? I think they thought they were trading for a far more complete player, and that's why right now they're encouraging him or telling him to shoot more, and he's what, one for his last 24 on threes? They thought they were getting a complete point guard or somewhat of a complete point guard. What well, he's, suckers! So I think what's happened, and his assists are like cut in half this year, and his shots are, are an all-time high. Yeah. In fact, he's taking twice as many threes per game as any other year in his career. Yes. So did they tell him to swap passes for I think, shots? I think Quinn. I think Quinn Snyder thought <laughs> I got Fire everybody. I got a real point guard. No, no, you got a point guard who is a Hall of Famer, I circa nineteen ninety four. I think that's Ricky himself. He did it when he changed the look, the long hair and the tattoos. Bad you don't Ricky? give out dimes with that man. You score points. Bad Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Exactly. Like anyway. All right, you were, shocking. You remember this from stuff you should know about Nick Saban yesterday. I just wanted to know how we got here. Not to offend anybody out there, but I just walked by some jeans, wore out jeans, holes in them, all cut up. I just remember when I was a kid in West Virginia, I was ashamed to go to school because my jeans were wore out. Only because... <laughs> We didn't have any better. Now they buy them that way. I just can't figure out how did we get here. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a wonderful old man rant that's not nearly as funny as he thinks it is. I would have my old my own old man rants, but it's not about me. I want you guys to give me a subject and a little bit of an old man rant yourself. Anything you want. Oh, I've got one. Easy. Easy. In fact, I was forced to go for this company to this this year. The X Games and made up sports. <laughs> made up sports, which have now permeated the Olympics, drive me crazy. Okay, first of all, first of all, these competitors, which are kids on skateboards, come late to interviews. If you are an NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, or hockey player and you get paid millions of dollars and you show up late to talk to me, all right, I don't like it, but I accept my fate, my lot in life. You make millions, I don't. And I understand these X Games kids are paid well, and I don't know why. But if you're some <laughs> fourteen-year, if you're part. some fourteen-year-old punk on a skateboard, and they're putting dirt in U.S. Bank Stadium for you because they made up some stupid sport, which I gotta go cover. It's incredibly asinine to me. I don't get it. How did we get here? <laughs> Oh, How man. did I we get should, that? We should call a 14-year-old oh, X Games athlete and have him rant about how, you. How was I sitting outside U.S. Bank Stadium with these frauds of sports going on? <laughs> Very good. I, wow. You're saying the half pipe isn't a legitimate playing surface? And now it's in the Olympics. I say eliminate the X Games and the Olympic Games. Get rid of them all. It's one of the only questions Judd's taken seriously in the last it six is. months. It is. Thank you for that. It is. Can I, last one I'm going to take a, di a little bit of a different angle on this. Uh, I'd like to sort of reenact as best I can an old man rant that my dad gives me once a month about, okay. about texting. Okay. Yes, please. So my dad is uh, my dad's in his mid seventies, and you know stays he's very active and very fit, and uh, and he's with it in certain like he follows sports very closely, and he can sit there and, and we can talk about current baseball players. Lives his, down south though, right? So yep. not a lot of FaceTime. You right. got to communicate. Via lives the text. In, exactly. Lives in Arizona, so we don't see each other a lot. And I'm telling him, hey, okay, let's get you let's get you on G Chat. Let's get you. We can start. He, he wants to know, why don't we talk on the phone more often? I'd like to talk on the phone more. And I say, because I just don't, 
I feel like we have to talk for a half hour every time, and I sometimes just don't want to be on the phone. I don't like talking on the phone. It's not you. It's me. I want to show you how to text. He goes, well, I don't understand texting. Why don't we, if you're going to text someone, why wouldn't you just, wouldn't it easier just to call them? And I said, well, no. Well, I mean, you could call, but I can text you in certain situations where I might not be able to talk on the phone. And you could text me, and then maybe I wouldn't get back to you for like a couple hours. He goes, well, why, why would you need two hours to get back to me? Why can't we just, like, why can't we just talk on the phone? I'm like, well, what about Gchat? You can, like, if, if I get you a Gmail account, we can chat, like, in the chat box back and forth during a Twins game. He goes, well, why wouldn't I just call you? Like, why would we want to, like, type in the chat box? Why wouldn't I just call you? Right, but okay, l- let me try this. Um, like, if we did a video chat, we could see each other, and we could do the video chat thing, and he goes, that's too much technology for me. Let's just talk on the phone. <laughs> Everything leads back to it. Let's just talk on the phone. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, we'll go. I'll call you. Good it's for fine. you, Yep. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. I think all the pieces are there. On 1500 ESPN. Towns comes up with an offensive board and the putback. Towns for the flush. Towns says that's all right. That's okay. I'll get two points anyway. Nice ball movement by the Wolves. Towns wide open as a result and drills it. The bench was great. The bench saved us. It was good. I thought Boz was terrific. That was. That gave us a big boost. Belly's been belly. Tyus. You know, that whole group played really well together. Jamal, Jamal was terrific. That's the game I was watching on TV last night. Would have loved to have watched the Gopher basketball game on TV, but uh, apparently it was only available online on the BTN Plus mm-hmm. platform, mm-hmm. which out of principle, I refuse to pay for BTN Plus. Didn't you pay for it last year? I, I did. Okay, and, and here's did. what happened. And this is, I almost pulled the trigger again. All right. And it has nothing to do with the money because it's like 10 bucks. All right. Okay. It's not like you're going to go broke if you if you pay for it. It's 10 bucks. But if you wanted to watch that go for basketball game last night against Niagara with student broadcasters, mm-hmm. y- you had to pay $10 for a recurring monthly subscription. Or you could pay more than that for like an annual subscription. But a recurring monthly subscription. If you just want Gopher Athletics, uh, BTM Plus is only online. So now you could watch for free if you have Big Ten Network and you have like a Comcast subscription. You could watch a game. You could stream a game that's on Big Ten Network on your computer without paying anything else because you're already subscribed to Big Ten Network through your cable subscription. Right. But that's not enough. It's not enough to just be paying for Big Ten Network through your cable subscription. If you want to watch a couple of 20-year-old journalism students... No offense, kids. Butchering say. the game against Niagara in a game that, like, why would I pay $10 for that? Well, don't take it on the kids. And so I thought to myself, well, okay, I don't want to pay 10 bucks for just this game, but there's got to be probably five nondescript games throughout the course of the month. I'll just get the 30-day package and do the BTM Plus thing for 30 days and watch, like, five games. Well, there's only two non-conference games that are BTM Plus only, and one of them falls outside of this 30-day window. It's like... December 21st. All right. So you'd have to then pay $20 for two games with student announcers and probably like minimal graphics and everything else. Why are you charging? Oh, but you also get a full complement well, of other Gopher Athletics like cross country meets. I would and I would like to say this as far as the kids go, good for them. I think it's great. Sure it is. Like great go, experience. Go get Seriously, it. Seriously, that's great. Sure. Jim Delaney should darn near rotten hell. 
<laughs> Jim, no, honest to God. Like, you, like, why, you, why you is that cheap, game? Like, that's a pay-per-view yes. game, basically. Jim, but Jim, why? Jim Delaney, you greedy SOB, you money-grubbing, don't care about one, iota about one school or one kid, you ruined hockey, you are, you are intent on... Jim Delaney is no different than Gary Bettman or any other commissioner who doesn't care about anything but the bottom line. So I'm with you on on Delaney and the Big Ten. That's BS. If you do what we do, which is if you get Big Ten Network, you should have access to every one of those games yes. online, too. Good for the kids. I mean, that's fantastic. If you want to have kids do it, I, that's great. Student production is good because you learn a lot in that. But from the front office standpoint, Big Ten office, like, I'm with you. Like, how backwards is that? So most of us are paying a lot of money for a, for a cable bill, right? Why should I <laughs> yes. have to pay extra money... For Gophers Niagara, you should. That's absurd. I'm, I'm with you. On that. And then later on, I don't even know who it is. They play it. They play some small school on December 21st. You should have. To and it's an off the grid game. You're right. And I, so I'm sitting there last night. I want to watch this game, and I it's and it's not like I can't afford the ten dollars, but out of principle, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Can I just say congratulations to you, Phil? In the same argument, you complained. That last night's Gophers game was on BTN Plus, and in the coming month they don't have enough games on BTN Plus for your liking. Yes, well done. No, what I'm saying. Well no, 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 no. What I'm no, saying is no. I, I got what it. I'm saying is like if they had five games on BTN Plus, <laughs> it would be worth it. ten dollars. Yeah, I know maybe. exactly what but you're for saying. For one game but you against want Niagara, more games on BTN Plus. No. That's what I heard. Well, then put all your games on BTN Plus, and I'll pay <laughs> no, for no, it. No, make them all free to no. people that are already being. What word can I use on this station? That's not going to get me in trouble. We're already being taken advantage of with our cable bill. Give me your damn network for free on every platform. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, my cable bill shows up. It's ridiculous. Well, here's the and thing. I'm willing to pay it. So don't you think... All right, let, let me give you an example. Oh, so no, uh, my favorite uh, wrestling network, the WWE Network, You have your. they have their Monday Night Raw as part of your cable bill that you pay for. You get to watch their weekly product, their regular product, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a bigger event like WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, you pay $9.99 a month to subscribe to the WWE Network if you want that premium content. For Big Ten Network, it's if you want like the crappier part of right. our product, we'll give you Ohio State and and Minnesota football for free. Right. We'll give you Gophers and Indiana basketball for free. But if you want Niagara and directional schools, shell over another ten dollars. That's so dumb to me. Anything Am that, I missing something? Anything Big Ten Network shows if you get if you get them on cable or satellite should be available to you online for free. Or like, or make it premium. Uh, like, all right, the Gophers are gonna are gonna play uh, LeBron James, and you're gonna have to pay ten dollars for it. Okay, cool. I mean, but Niagara, Niagara. I'm glad they hung 107 points, though. They tried How about twice. Coffee last night, huh? He was Coffee, very good. Big game, good yep. for him. All right, game show Friday tomorrow, or write that down Friday all tomorrow. Right. Superstar Mike Morris, Mackie and Judd back tomorrow. Bye. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.